Welcome to episode 48 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC animated universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And we got some Toy Man this week. We got some Kryptonite this yeah. week. It's amazing that we made it five episodes in before they even brought up Kryptonite. I'm kind of glad they did that. Me though, too. Because it, it is overused, and I, if I recall, I think we're going to see a lot of it over the course of the series. I'm sure. Yeah. So to and like they gave us a, like a real villain too, and to Toy Man first. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, let's put him in a situation where Kryptonite isn't just the answer, and then we'll introduce Kryptonite. Yeah, I was also like, okay, thank God I don't have to try and like research two villains this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I actually found more on Kryptonite than I did on Toy Man. I that's really surprising to me because growing up, I mean, I mentioned last week that I never watched the series before, but mm-hmm. Toy Man makes an appearance, and I think every series after this is he in batman yeah and or uh new adventures so i mean he we can, we'll get to it he is in ton, he, basically what i found is that he's in almost everything but he mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have a lot of really big like story arcs it's kind of the them. same story every time yeah, it's like kind he of the kidnaps same thing. someone yeah and then he uses a, a giant toy animal yeah, it's all basically just the same shit over and over again. I mean, yeah. he he is integral to a couple of really great episodes of Justice League, at least one I can think of off the top of my head. Oh, yeah, where, they, where he vaporizes Superman. Yeah, exactly. That, oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's a, a good one. Those are really good episodes. But other than that, I mean, he just he just kind of isn't a lot of stuff. And he's always great. Yeah. Um, he's so creepy. He is super creepy. And I think that's part of the reason why there's not that much out there for him, because the comic version is just a normal dude, like a normal-looking guy, oh. and doesn't have, like, the... He's more of, like... um. The Bruce Tim character in, um, yeah, last a lot season. like that actually, like big round glasses, like long red hair, yeah. kind of dorky looking, just a nerd, just 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 your garden variety, just psych- just he's just one of us, nerd, yeah, you just, know, just like one of us kidnapping people, yeah, holding them ransom. Everyone, ha- you know, everyone's yeah. got to do it every now. I, know, and I had then. to soundproof the door here because it was getting too loud to record a podcast. Oh, yeah, it's fine. I didn't notice that. Yeah, it's fine. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's for that's for the audience. That's not for me. Yeah, not that's for, for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, my forced audience. <laughs> I, I keep imprisoned here. Um, there's not that much news. We we scrambled because <laughs> it's been almost two weeks since we last recorded. Yeah, we're on a weird off cycle. We're recording this the day before it comes out. Always fun. Yeah. Um, and nothing has happened in the nerd world. No, not really. We've so, been in a stasis. Yeah, because I, I tried to do a quick scramble to find anything. I mean, a couple of little noteworthy things. So uh, the next... Not the next official DC animated movie, because they're not considered part of the lineup, but the mm-hmm. next 1960s-inspired animated movie, uh, Batman versus Two-Face, with William Shatner as the voice of Two-Face. Who is going to voice Batman now? Because didn't... Adam West. This is his last work. Oh, he's already done it. Yeah, he, okay. he got it before he died. So this okay. is, will be the last appearance of Adam West as Batman. And, you know, I, I, I know one of my plugs a few weeks ago was... The, the first one, The mm-hmm. Return of the Crape Crusader or whatever. It's pretty good. Okay, yeah, I never saw it. Yeah, it's, um, it's fun. I'm looking forward to this next one. So that comes out in October. So, yeah, I guess we'll talk about it then. And then, of course, Batman and Harley is making its actual premiere tonight. Mm-hmm. We, of course, have already as, seen it. As of listening this, it will be out for a digital release. That's true, yeah. So I think we're going to revisit it because we're trying to do a, a, a mini crossover with Novice and Frank to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. we ran into Frank... At Comic-Con. He, he, he was he very vocal it. about it. He hated it. So, okay, let's get Amanda in there. And we'll talk about it. So we're going to work on that. But the only other big bit of news, and I'm, I'm just going to give you just a block of window, just a, 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 sec, <laughs> a just section here to talk about this. Uh, Netflix and Disney. So, That's right. So Disney is ending their uh, streaming relationship with Netflix by the end of 2019. We don't know yet what the status of Marvel properties and Star Wars will right. be. Because they did say that 
they were going to get all of the Star Wars. By I think the end of this year, we were supposed to get all of the Star Wars movies on Netflix. Oh, even the Fox films? Um, the original ones being the yes. Fox films. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. Uh, according to the contract from like mid last year from from memory okay well that would be cool and then i mean of course obviously with marvel they have the actual marvel show so i feel like it'd be hard for them to completely pull their relationship right with that um i did a search over the weekend and they've already started the pull okay so i remember rebels being on for a little bit and it's gone now was it on netflix uh i think so i think it was on for like a month or two okay i've only watched it on xd um and they're, they're slowly starting to pull the animated films. Uh, we still have all of the bad sequels. <laughs> of course. Um, and then Clone Wars is still there. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they pulled Ultimate Spider-Man already. Okay. Do you... I feel like if one company had the kind of catalog to pull off setting up their own streaming service as Disney, but that being said, is this just a dick move on their part? So I... I had a lot of feelings when I first sure. heard about I'm this sure you heard about this news, and I didn't fully think about it because I, I had the the idea of like streaming services outside of Netflix, Hulu, and Amazon don't work because they don't have the kind of you know a list shows no constantly but, coming in. Yeah. So for example, like CBS is forcing us to watch the new Star Trek on their CBS all access, which mm-hmm. makes me max. I'll pay for it. Cause I want to watch it, but also fuck you CBS. Cause I don't want to watch it. The rest of your stuff. And so. DC is doing the same thing with young justice. Season oh, that's three. right. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be on a DC specific platform. Mm-hmm. And obviously we have dozens of other, you know, streaming services that aren't doing great. I work for one of them and they're, true, they're not yeah. like, they they had this this moment where they were thriving yeah um and i you but i think too many came out at the same time because you had full screen you had youtube red um you had i mean i'm gonna lump in hbo go because people only use that for one thing and i feel like a lot of these other mini platforms were the same way yeah um but i mean yeah you got amazon you got netflix you got hulu showtime hbo um FX has an app, but I don't know if you can actually just pay for that independently or if that's just through mm-hmm. a cable uh, provider. CISO? Which is dead. It died? Yeah, CISO. Where's uh, uh, Harm Quest going to be now? I don't know, but I mean, I, I just read that, that CISO's going down. Okay. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Actually, and I was going to sign up for that because there was some good stuff on there that I wanted to watch. And yeah. Sorry, I should have done it. <laughs> this is your fault, It's Chris. all my fault, yeah. Uh, Jonah Ray is not going to be employed anymore <laughs> except for Mr. Science Theater 3000, all because of me. Yeah. Um, but there's... Like, there are too many of these things. And yeah. with, with Disney doing this on their own, it, I don't know, my, my initial thought was it was just going to tank or um, it was going to fall in the same realm as HBO, where it was going to be one account shared between, you know, a dozen people. Yeah. Uh, because they just don't have the catalog of updated stuff. Okay. Like, why would I pay, you know, 10 bucks a month approximately for. You know, if I'm in the mood for a Disney movie when I could rent that movie for a dollar or two. Well, but it's not like a dollar or two. Like on iTunes, it's five usually. And I feel like a lot of the Disney stuff you can't even rent on iTunes. Like I've bought Disney movies. Like I have Disney movies in my catalog. Like, oh, I would go watch Alice in Wonderland. I'm like, oh, I guess that's 15 bucks I'm going to spend on that. (laughs) So, I mean, if if they have literally everything, like every mm-hmm. single one of their animated movies, every one of the live action movies, except for song of the South, which we'll never see again for good reason. Um, if that were all on there, 
mm-hmm. it might actually be worth it. Yeah. So I had that thought. And then, um, so I don't know if you have read about this, but this already exists in Europe. Oh, doesn't it? Uh, and it sounds amazing. Okay. Because it's not just for movies. Mm-hmm. It's movies, TV, music, and books. Oh. And it's kind of an all-encompassing entertainment app. Yeah. And when I read music, that is every single Disney <gasps> soundtrack. They said over 5,000 songs. Because most a lot of it's not on Spotify. I know. Like Aladdin. And there's one. There's one song that I want that's not on Spotify. Uh, it's probably from Hercules, right? No, they have all of Hercules. Okay. It's Stand Out from Goofy Movie. And uh... I have friends at Disney, and we've made fake petitions to like get Spotify to add this song to the because it's the only song on the soundtrack that isn't there. Okay. Um, between that and Extreme Goofy Movie, it's the only song. Oh my god! Uh, I finally caved and I bought it. Okay, I bought it on iTunes because I needed it. It's amazing it took you that long to actually buy it. Well, so what really pisses me off and what's like very powerful on Disney's part is even on YouTube there isn't a full three minute and thirty one second version. Wow, I'm... it's only the. <laughs> It's only the, the the scene from the movie, which is only like a minute and a half. Okay, it's not the full... I didn't know that, and I'd never heard the full version until this past weekend. Wow. Yeah. That is shocking. It it Yes, it was. So, if if they do something like that, mm-hmm. then it'd be worth it. I, I think, think for so. You, right? but, I, but I feel like in the U.S., they're probably not going to put all that together. It's probably just going to be... Video streaming. That, that's what a lot of people are thinking. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they put... I mean, I would love it to put music in there, too. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I have I have a couple of playlists of basically mostly Disney songs. Yeah. Just give them, give them all to me. Uh, and then the other thing is... I, th- I think if they do a big push at the beginning, this will be great for, like, two years. Okay. But then once they kind of start tapping out of that, you know, re- not retro content, but previous content... Mm-hmm. And people are going to kind of be like, why am I paying for just a, a library? Yeah. And they're going to want the new stuff. And I, there is enough because you have, you know, all of ABC TV. You have all of the animated stuff. And I think it's going to be huge for kids. Yeah. For, that, that's the audience for some reason I didn't think about. Well, I would imagine. Someone that, had to remind me that kids yeah, aren't meant kid, for us. <laughs> kids exist. Yeah. Uh, I would think that maybe they'll, over time, transition a lot of their XD properties onto this thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I meant little kids. Like, oh, the yeah. toddler programming was something that didn't even phase me. Well, and think about it. Little kids will watch the same shit over and over again and be completely happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, we do as well, don't we? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know. It's... I, it's I think it's one of the most interesting things that's happened in the industry of late. And so I'm like, oh, I'm curious what you had to think about. It. Any last thoughts before we get on to actual, our real topic? I have, I have a lot of thoughts. I know, that's I'm not going to cut you off. Okay, any, any little pearls of wisdom? Any little uh, things? There were rumors that we're going to get all the DCOMs, all 100 of them. And that would make me buy it immediately. Okay, well, and then we can finally get that DCOM podcast going. DCOM DCAST 2018. <laughs> we've always talked we've about, you know, because we, we have time for that. Yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah, I'm not going to scramble to get this thing edited in the next 12 hours. No, no it's we're not going to get the same artwork as last week. Of course not. Sleep. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do for our off, offline know. conversation? That's an offline we'll conversation. But let's let's talk about our two episodes a week. First off, it is Fun and Games. It is the introduction of Toy Man. Yes, and I, I find Toy Man so fascinating. I do, too. And I... 
again, I think it comes back to this idea that I think in this iteration, he is super fascinating. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else where he's quite as compelling. Like, I know mm-hmm. he popped up in Superman Doomsday. Um, he's yeah. like that big spider. And he's just like a weird looking guy. And I think he has a, a role in the um, the Arrowverse as well. And he just always is kind of this awkward, long haired, googly glassed guy. And here he is super creepy. Yeah. And it's because I, I didn't realize until the last scene of this episode that that's a mask. It is a mask, yeah. Uh, because the they never. I think it was. I don't, they never go into that again. Uh, and the Justice League episode, it never well, breaks. No. And static, it never breaks. Yeah, but I mean. But I, I don't know. Would, I just thought it was some like face? creepy. Like, how does, I don't know. How does too he much breathe? plastic surgery. How does he... <laughs> it's a comic, Chris. <laughs> there was a kid that was half of a seal. <laughs> oh, God, that's true. That's very true. Okay, fine. I'll give uh, you that. But now he did. Uh, what's the the uh, Michael Rosen, Rosen? Not Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, Michael Fassbender movie where he wears that. Is it Frank? Frank. Okay. It's Frank. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's just like that. Oh, hang on. Keep talking. I never, I, I looked, I, okay. I normally watch these like well in advance. I watched these yesterday literally on a plane downloaded. Thank you, Amazon, for that feature. I never looked up <laughs> trivia. I never looked up trivia. So why don't you talk for a bit? I'm going to see if there's any trivia because I didn't okay. do that yet. Uh, starting off the episode, I didn't realize how much I missed this until starting the season, but I forgot how nice it was to see bright colors. I know, right? It was so... It, it, like, took me by surprise, almost, watching these episodes. So of, like, colorful. having a car chase in the middle of a day. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, these windows are, like, bright blue, and the sky is clear, and it's not, like, cloudy or rainy or sad. Aww. Uh, and it was nice. Like, it, it's not something that I, I dislike about Batman. Like, it's one of the coolest things is giving this environment to it. But it's, something, it's one of those things where you don't realize how much you miss it until you have it again. Cool. No trivia for this episode. On we go. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so these villains rob a bank. They go to their hideout, and Toy Man is there. And he basically has, like, flubber. Oh, yeah. Because it, it's, a, it's a bouncy ball that... That gains momentum gains every time momentum. it hits yeah, it's something. Hits something which is, I feel like it's awesome. What else was that in? It's terrifying. I feel like there was... A, it's in something, because I, I yeah. also couldn't think. Cool. Close thing I could think of was Flubber. No trivia for the Cryptid episode either. We're good to go. Awesome. All right. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've seen something else that it's like, it has that weird inverse property where it, it adds energy as it goes. I don't know what it is. But it's a cool scene, because yeah. he, just, he just creepily kind of like walks in, like bouncing the ball, being like, oh, you know, you need to send a message to your boss, Bruno Mannheim. Mm-hmm. And then he just lets the ball go and steps out. And then, it, yeah, it, 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 it keeps it, going higher and higher and higher. And higher and yeah, it starts hitting off the around. walls. Yeah, and it's destroying this warehouse. They all scramble into the armored car. It's destroying the armored car. This is Superman's first villain. <laughs> Superman's first real villain. Uh, it's a bouncy he, ball. He hears all the distress, and he comes crashing through the skylight. One, how did the ball not go out of the skylight? We'll ignore that. Um, angles. It's like, it's it's like, like uh, when you're watching a, like an old DVD and you're waiting for the logo to hit the corner exactly. Oh, yeah, right. Like, like, bloop, it, yeah. Bloop, bloop. It's a small window in a big Yeah, room. exactly. I, I did love that um, over the, the police band, they said that they were last seen spotted at 3rd and Schuster. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. Nice. I know. I'm not going to explain what that is. If you don't know, then do your research. <laughs> but, um, oh, I just a ball, right? Oh, yes. Uh, Superman so responds to ball. He just kind of slaps it, and it pops. I, I love that, because he, he gets in there, and... He gets hit, and it actually knocks him back. He's like, what the hell is this? And he just waits and waits and waits, and he just, yeah, just smacks between his fingers, and mm-hmm. it dissolves. It's like, it's a cool, it's cool to see him, like, phase, but not really defeated by it. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a bouncy ball. I didn't want him to be defeated by No. I didn't want this to be the commercial break. It's like he falls and the ball is flying towards his face and like the music comes on and we cut to black. Yeah. Like that's not the, that's not the moment I wanted. No, that would have been a little bit much. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then like Lois writes up some article right about... It's, it's harsh. About... Uh, it, it yeah, would, about so Toy Man. Okay, wait, hang on. I'm trying to remember. Is Winslow shot the dad or the kid or both i have no idea they don't say any names well, they, oh the, if they do then it's the kid okay right. uh she, she goes and gets a psych she gets the toy man's psychiatric review oh that's right uh, yeah. which is harsh it's i, I wrote it down because okay, it's so you did. mean i don't know um she in the article she wrote he is emotionally stunted a moral narcissist, paranoid delusions, desperately seeking external validation for antisocial behavior. Wait, is that my file? Hmm? What? Yes, that is, that is all of our files. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, we, did, we did skip a small scene, which I thought was awesome. Is, uh, they go to Mannheim. They go to Bruno Mannheim. He's opening up a park. Oh, yeah. Um, and we get, like, I love the banter between Lois and Clark. Because there's like this competitive edge to them, mm-hmm. and it's so nice. It is. I, I I've always maintained that uh, Smallville is the best live action version of the dynamic, but then obviously this does an incredible job with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe better than that still, but animation's not the same. Yeah. But. Uh, so Toy Man sends these toy planes that have machine guns attached to them um, that are chasing after Bruno, and he has. I, I bring this up way too often at this point. <laughs> But the the like the run cycle they gave him was so wonderfully cartoony. Oh, Bruno Mannheim. Yeah, as he's running away. Yeah, yeah, because it's not like a simple like you know straight arm back and forth. He runs with his knees kind of straight out. Yeah, it's got this weird gangly thing going yeah. on. Yeah, and it's very like Scooby Doo ish, and I love it. Oh, it is kind of Scooby Doo. Yeah, it's very Hanna Barbera. Yeah, uh, and I love. Every second, and you, you, they bring it back like three or four times, so mm-hmm. you know that they liked it in the studio. And they just kept it, yeah. Yeah, it it is fun to see them. He's, he's very like he's not like a lanky character at all, but they no. make him like this very flopsy, almost like without bones at points. Yeah, which is it's, it's you know it's entertaining when they slip in those little those little overly cartoony moments. Well, it, it's kind of fun to watch this <laughs> and see that they're going for a very different tone. Like the, the tones will eventually kind of reconverge by the time we get to justice league. Mm-hmm. But right now it's letting us, it is really playful. I mean, the first real villain is toy man and his weapons are a rubber ball, a like giant gun rubber duck and a giant duck. I loved the duck. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Like it just literally pops out of the water and just like pecks at it. Like Mannheim's yacht until it breaks it apart and then it opens wings and fucking launches missiles. Yeah. It's delightful. Yeah, it, it's goofy and exciting. But it, it works though. Mm-hmm. Like almost better than some of the more ridiculous elements of Batman, because Batman not that it ever was too serious, but that world is definitely a little bit more serious. Right. Like not even like Joker could maybe get away with one of these yeah. per episode. And he, he does. He has he has toy planes at one point. Yeah. And um, then I feel like there was a reference to the giant duck at some point. Yeah. And uh, one point. of the uh penguin episodes. Yeah. He I think it's a flashback. So I think it's also the same episode of the giant coin. Oh it might I, it be. might be almost got him. Okay. That would make sense. But it's in there. But I, 
I love the yeah. This one is so nice. I love nice. the giant duck, and I love that. I mean, Superman again. He gets knocked around by the missiles, but he still defeats it because it's right a giant duck. Um, I think part of it is with Superman since he does have superpowers, they can go a little crazier with the things. I think they can, yeah, because the whole premise is just a little bit more absurd. We're in a more mm-hmm. colorful world, as you were talking about. Like, there's actual colors in this. Yeah, it's it's different, but mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, speaking of colors, I, I'll find the link. I don't, I'm not going to put this in the plug. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was an awesome video about um, the horrors of the 90s and why every movie was brown. Oh. Uh, that was super fascinating. I'll send you the link later. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I don't remember much about it. So okay. I can't, I can't go into right. details. <laughs> that sounds delightful, though. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I mean, wh- okay, there is a moment that I, I'm really curious what your opinion is on it. So... So after we, I can't remember how it all works now. So we now know that. Oh no! So Lois has written the article, mm-hmm. and Toyman has captured Bruno. Yes, and then uh, knock out bubbles. Knock out bubbles. Yeah, that he gets Bruno. So then he he goes after Lois. So Lois like opens the door and she assumes it's delivery, mm-hmm. food delivery, and she looks down and it's a package that she opens inside of it is a toy. Is this Lois being stupid or is this her being like true to her character? I I think it's true to her character because okay. she is, you know, as a reporter, she is curious about everything. Yeah, she's naturally inquisitive mm-hmm. to the point of being reckless. And as a person, like, we obviously don't know about her earlier career, mm-hmm. but she's, obvi- she's a very kind of high-level reporter. We see that with how many connections she has. Yeah. And I was going to bring that up next episode, but I'm gonna, I'll talk about it now. Um, Lois is basically the Bruce Wayne of this world. Whereas oh. every, like whenever they needed information, Batman would just be Bruce. Yeah. Go and talk to someone because he had his hand in the pocket of someone. Right. Uh, whereas Lois is basically the same person because she has all of her informants. We <sighs> see that with the guy on the boat. Yeah. We see that in the next episode with the scientist that works for LexCorp. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they need kind of exposition done, they do it through her, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Because Clark doesn't have that kind of power. Like he could use his super hearing. Right. And I'm sure they're going to use that in some episodes. Uh, but a lot of it, he's kind of, he's on his own path. Mm-hmm. And Lois comes in and is like, I'm also following this path, but on this route, how about I, you know, accidentally give out some information so Superman can kind of converge. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good point, because she, what I liked is in none of these episodes is she really a damsel in distress. So she is mm-hmm. kidnapped, but at no point is, like, a, a gun pointed at her. Like, if anything, she helps them escape um, when the airplanes attack. Like, she's the one who, like, grabs Clark and pulls him down, like, don't be an idiot sort of thing. Yeah. They're doing, a, I was worried, because I, I haven't seen this in a long time either. I was worried, especially at the first episode, I started doing a count, right, the number of times Superman saves Lois, because it was a lot. Yeah. In the pilot. But not here. Uh, cool. Yeah, just kind of the one at the very end. Oh, the very and, end. I mean, when when they oh, leave yeah. Toy Man's yeah. Uh, um, lair. Do, I, do we count that? Yeah, the lair blew up. Yeah. He had to grab her and Bruno. Mm, okay, I guess we count that. Um, I gotta go make a note. Hang on. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Toy Man. Four. Uh, okay. Lois. I also think there was, the, there was the, a line they snuck in, which I think kind of pushes it away from damsel and more of character mm-hmm. uh where she's like oh i hope someone sent me roses oh where, okay. like, yeah she it, knows it seems like kinda, yeah. yeah so this isn't the first time someone has sent her a package or a death threat yeah something like that. that's where i was initially going with that with that speech 
of is she's so kind of powerful in the news world that I'm sure she gets death threats all the time. That's a good point. Yeah. Because she's very nosy. We we see that she immediately. Is. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, you know what? Yeah, they do. Okay, I've, I'm glad you agree with me on that because I was a little worried. Like it, her, it was her being kind of dumb, but no, I agree. It's it's her definitely acting within her character and just being like, "Well, we're going to see what happens here," because mm-hmm. she has to be curious about everything. Because um, then she does get kidnapped and put like in a little doll's costume and sequestered off. Did to she? I, th- there was one thing about it which really bugged me. The hands? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they they had them in gloves, right? Just like yeah. flesh colored gloves. Yeah, she was wearing like flesh colored. I thought that was gonna be a moment, like where he was gonna give like a pen to take notes, and she's like, "How the hell do I write? I don't yeah. have like fingers anymore." But yeah, like they gave her weird gloves that so she has like no hands really. Yeah, she looks like she has doll hands, like yeah. almost Lego hands. Yeah. Um, because then the toy man gives his backstory about like this this toy maker who. Uh, like just love making toys, but he wasn't making any money. So then Bruno Mannheim shows up and like offers to give him a bunch of money, which he does. But then it basically becomes like a he gets he uh, the toy the or toy maker wants like, to open his own toy shop. Yeah, but he doesn't have the funds to do it. So Bruno gives him the money mm-hmm. as long as he can use that toy oh, shop as right. a, like front. a front for other things yeah for yeah. money laundering it's, i like the way they did the whole backstory there because toy man is telling the story and he's using a, a pop-up book mm-hmm. and while that's going on it. you have clark and jimmy oh that's right yeah reading about it at the same time yeah uh and then at the very end the kind of twist is they're like oh obviously this guy the toy maker is toy man and like no he died this is his son mm-hmm. and like that was a nice little like Oh, okay. He didn't escape jail. Yeah. Uh, he I, He's not out for revenge for being caught. He's out for revenge for the death of his father. Yeah, he said, like, he lost his childhood, so now he's, like, forcing it upon other people or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also liked it, too, because I, not having seen this episode in a long time, I for I was like, oh, God, I hope we don't, I hope that somebody looks like they show this kind of old guy. And I guess he, he looks kind of like an older version of the comic book version of Twilight. Okay. Um, but I was like, oh, I don't want to see his face. I just want him to always have like that creepy mask and not know what's underneath it. So I was glad that we ultimately don't know what he actually looks like underneath it. Yeah. Because he is so damn creepy. Oh, I know. The very last scene is like, yeah. just kind of like gave me chills. I know. Almost. Yeah, because he, he's so stoic for the most part, except for these occasional like outbursts. And mm-hmm. Oh, those were super creepy. Yeah. Because uh, she, the, the very dark moment in the episode is he's captured Bruno and Lois. So he lowers Bruno onto the wall, onto a wall, and he has a kind of toy soldier firing squad ready mm-hmm. to kill him. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a, a, a famous painting uh, from the late 1800s that I can't remember the name of. A firing squad? Maybe, maybe earlier, maybe later than the late 1800s. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Spanish or Cuban or Mexican. One of those Spanish-speaking countries. The 3rd of May, 1808? That's the one. Yay, uh, internet. Show Spanish painter. Spanish, Fran- yeah. Francisco yeah. Goya. Yep, that's the one. Uh, I feel like they were definitely referencing that in this scene. I mean, there's, uh, a, there's like tons of them on there, but I think it's probably the top left one, right? It's this one, yeah. Okay. Um, Great for an audio medium. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Maybe- for, all, for all those art fans out there. <laughs> hey, we could highbrow sometimes. Yeah. We're talking about Spanish... 19th century painters now. Yes. <laughs> Spanish neoclassicism. Oh, there we go. Getting oh. all fancy. I don't even think it's the right genre. It's Whatever. Funny. Fuck it. Uh, that's what I'm going to say it is. Because I yeah. took his class freshman year. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's a dark scene. You're like, oh, yeah. shit, this guy's about to... And Just they blindfold shoot. him. And Lois kind of goes over and pushes them all over. Yeah. And you see Toy Man crack for a second. Of like, you, you 
hurt my you broke my toys yeah and you see i mean she gave that whole spiel at the beginning like you see that like huge emotional stunting of like Mm -hmm. he's still a child under the helmet Um, but it's it's that same just like cheshire grin the entire time like expressionless face that that contrast is what makes Mm -hmm. it so good and so brilliant and like his voice goes up like he sounds like a kid yeah during this whole thing do you uh I, I did look up who the voice of him is. You probably don't know who Bud Court is, do you? I don't. I saw who voices him in later episodes. Does it change? Uh, it does for something. Okay. Uh, the most famous thing is that he was in Harold and Maud. He's Harold, by the way. Uh, okay. He's not Maud. Have you ever seen Harold and Maud? Nope. It's an amazing film. Okay. Yeah. It's really, really good. He, uh, he turns this beautiful jaguar into a hearse. It's great. Ooh. That's so fantastic. Go go watch it, Cameron. It's All right, fantastic. I thought you were gonna say he turns the car into a person. No, it's not that. I mean, it's it's weird, but it's like grounded. I'm like, weird. there was an episode of Fairly Odd Parents that did that. <laughs> of course, there was. What haven't they done in that show? Uh, but so Superman does, of course, show up eventually, and Toy Man tries to take him out with basically death Play-Doh. Yeah, it's really cool. So I thought this was the Kryptonite. Oh, uh, for okay. some reason in this world, I just assumed that Kryptonite already existed. Okay, um, because you know, in most series, it kind of already does. Yeah, um, and so like he has green slime, and, yeah, green Play-Doh that he throws at him, and Superman just kind of like, "What is this crap?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Oh that? my god, it's Kryptonite, Superman! What are you gonna do?" <laughs> uh, but it's not. It's a it's a a, um, a weird uh, <laughs> like lethal biogenic organism yeah that won't stop growing until it suffocates its victim yeah so it it, it crazy shit crazy crazy i know really advanced stuff for a guy yeah. just making toys yeah so it's gonna basically kill superman until he starts doing his like little spin thing and he flies it off did you what do you think of this as a deterrent like we're gonna find some really outlandish ways they're gonna try and slow down superman over the course of the series how do you feel about this one um i think it's fine i think uh young justice uses a very similar uh, thing mm-hmm. uh, and it, I think it's slowly seeping into the animated films because Batman and the Robins use it a lot where it's like oh. that um, like that maroon paste that yeah. expands and hardens yeah uh, the that, Incredibles yes the Incredibles uses it yeah uh, it's becoming a more I don't know where it started I don't know um, that's becoming a, a bigger thing to like st- quote unquote stop super strength mm-hmm um so i think because of that i was more accepting of this yeah of like oh it's just another one of those yeah it it, it works though yeah i liked it because it, it slows him down for just long enough it's like it, it slows him down and he quickly has a solution to it so mm-hmm. it's not like oh what do i none do none of now? these none of these big superman moments are cliffhanger moments yeah and i think that's the biggest difference between watching this and watching batman that's true because like, like the cliffhanger moment in this is when the the planes attack and start shooting and like mm-hmm. the the suspense of that moment is how is he going to get out of this without revealing who he did is it. yeah he finds a quick solution to it but yeah you're right it's it's more they're more story beats than peril necessarily which mm-hmm. is kind of nice yeah uh so yeah he gets out toy man has one kind one kind of final like big hurrah mm-hmm. of like if i can't kill them then i'm just gonna kill everyone he so just... he drops these you know three or four dozen bombs mm-hmm. they look like a little um Bombs, right? Is that from mm-hmm. Mario? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I might know it's like bombs. sex bob bomb, but I'm like, you know, I have to take out the that's from Scott Pilgrim to take out the sex yeah. part. Yeah. Yeah. Sex bob bombs. Yeah. As they say in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah, so Superman just kind of grabs Lois and uh Bruno Man. Bru- 
Bruno. It's, it's, it's so much fun to say this whole name. Bruno Mannheim. I know. It's a good name. Yeah. Uh, they get out. Big explosion. Bruno is kind of like, good. He's gone. I can go back to being a thug. Um, and then the police are like, oh, no, you. I think this guy's dead. We're going to charge you for it. It's kind of the... Yeah, kind of. Going but, with that. Like, but look what we found. Yeah, and you, they hold a bag of the broken face. It's so creepy. And oh, man, that just like gave me shivers. I know. Oh. It's like, fuck, this kid's going to become Scar, uh, Saw. I know. So, I mean, he's basically already there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, cause I did try and do some research on him. Cause I'm like, okay, like there's got to be some stuff. And again, there's kind of not. Like, he. He does appear in pretty much everything. So, yeah, he does appear in this. He appears in Static Shock. He appears in Justice League. Great episode of Static. Static was my first intro to him. Okay. That, as it will be for probably a lot of these films. Most characters. That makes sense. Yeah, I think he pops up in JLU. Um, a version of him was in The Batman. Another version of him is in Brave and the Bold and Young Justice. Now, there have been multiple mm-hmm. Toyman. So, this is Winslow Shot, who's kind of like the most consistent one. Then there's also um, Jack Nimble, who I'm not super familiar with. And there's also... Um, Hiro Akamura, who... Did you ever read the Batman-Superman Public Enemies comic? No, I watched the movie. Okay, the movie's okay. The comic's a lot better. But so Hero's in that. He's the like the genius kid who builds the Batman-Superman robot. Okay. He's popped up in a few things. But obviously the most common version is uh, Winslow Shot, who I did take some notes. Uh, okay. He made his uh, first appearance in Action Comics number, ni- number 64 in September of 1943. So he's... Been around a really long time. I mean, he was back all the way in the Golden Age. Um, I don't have that much to say about him, really. Again, he's he's in everything. Uh, yeah. So I'm trying to... Go see those things? I was hoping that one of the names matched up, but it doesn't. The closest person I always compare him to is Control Freak from Teen Titans. Okay, yeah. Because he, uh... he was the big nerd who, who didn't use toys, but he kind of used, like... The power of media okay. to to fight. Yeah, he doesn't. Remember him. He doesn't appear, at least according to this, in any uh, Teen Titans. He is in Young Justice, mm-hmm. and uh, he's in Justice League. Action. Oh, and they also have um. Watched yeah, it. Who's that. um? What's the puppet villain that's not Scarface? Uh, who also I want to say it's like Puppet King. Uh. Well, also yep, like, it's just Puppet King. Okay, because there's also Toy Maker, who's like kind of yeah related to it. But no, no, pretty solid villain though. I'm glad mm-hmm. that he was one of our first ones, and then we're gonna uh, be seeing him a lot. He's Yay. cooler than he should be. Absolutely, he he should be like well, Killer we, Moth. Yeah, we see a, a a lesser version of him as the Bruce Tim villain in Batman. That's true. Basically, yeah, um, we do. But he's actually lethal, which I think is what makes it interesting. Yeah, kind of like I mean he. We've like talked about Mad Hatter, right? Mad Hatter could be one of the most lethal villains, but he kind of gets in his own way. Right. Um, Toy Man, less so. We definitely see that in the Justice League episode when he vaporizes Superman. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, that's great. I know. Those are two great and episodes. That's, like, that's one of the ones where like you see Batman at his breaking point. Yeah, because he like, just refuses to believe it. Oh, yeah. So excited. So good. We'll get there eventually. Um, until then... We do have one more episode to talk about, but first we have our sponsor. What's our sponsor, Chris? Uh, this week, it is a relatively new podcast, the Nerdist School Network. It's called Foodie Call. Ooh. Great little pun name. I do that, some puns. Is it about uh, late night snacking? It is, yeah. Good. Just 
post fucking snacking. No, it's not. I don't know what it's actually about. <laughs> I haven't listened to it. I looked it up. It's I basically every week they have a guest on and they talk about food. Interesting. Which sounds great. Also, it sucks right now because I'm really hungry. Me too. I know. It's terrible. Uh, but here's the promo for it. Guess what's cooking at the Nerdist School Network? It's, it's Foodie Call. Call. A new podcast hosted by Omar Nava. And Kylie Hodges. Join us every Tuesday as we interview a hilarious guest to discuss their favorite food. And we ask, what's your secret sauce? In cooking, in life, or in whatever. And you especially don't want to miss Omar's weekly grocery flyer rundown. Seriously, how pissed would you be if you missed a killer meat sale? So go and subscribe to Foodie Call wherever you get your podcasts. Want to nominate a guest for the show? Just go to foodiecallpodcast.com. Okay, come on, we gotta go. Where? There's a meat sale. Ooh, <laughs> everyone should go listen to that. Yeah, go go check that out. Uh, but so now we're on to our episode about Kryptonite, A Little Piece of Home. Yes. Uh, great great name for the episode. It is a, it is a great name, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we, we start out, and Lex Luthor is oh, unveiling some new natural history museum to the world. I love it, too, because this is also our introduction to Mercy. Yes. Who is one of my favorite characters. Who I now know. And remember, I mean, you, you, I knew of her, but when you said her name, she, that wasn't the first person that came to mind. Yeah. Mercy Graves. Yeah. I think in the comics, she's an Amazon. Oh, interesting. this is the character I should have done some research on. I didn't. I think in the comics, she's an Amazon. I don't know if she is in this, obviously. Is she not an Android yet? Um, cause in it, young justice, she's definitely a robot. That's not the most, she's not always a robot. Okay. Um, she was in Batman vs Superman as his secretary. And she's oh, okay. blown up in the Capitol. Oh, of course she does. It's such a waste of her. Uh, I'm not going to get into it. No, in, Yo- in Young Justice, she plays a huge role in uh, <laughs> Roy becoming Arsenal. Oh. And so that's, that's kind of the story that I know her in uh, because she has the the hand cannon. Oh, like that's her, right. Her wrist kind of pops out and she has a cannon in her elbow. Okay. Um, let me see. Okay. So, okay. She was, she did premiere in this show originally. Oh, wow. Um. Her comic appearance was Superman Adventures number one in November of 1996. Um, her credited creators are Bruce Tim and Paul Dini. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Hang on. Oh, she does. Oh, she appears in No Man's Land arc. That's interesting. I didn't know that. As his chauffeur. Um, oh, it suggests that she may be an Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Dead air, dead air, dead dead air. What? Dead oh, dead air. air. <laughs> oh, uh, Mercy's Amazon heritage is confirmed and justly cry for justice. There you okay. go. So she is an Amazon. Okay. Look and also that. sometimes part of an Android. Sometimes an Android. Um, she just always keeps us on our toes. Oh, yeah. She's cybernetic and doing justice, as you, already, yeah, yeah. as you already said. Yes. Anywho. Anywho. She's uh, there. She's awesome. Oh yeah, well she's done. so badass. She's she's really cool. Uh, and uh, so there's a couple guys trying to steal some jewels or whatever from inside the building. Mm-hmm. Clark hears them, so off he goes to become Superman. He goes in there, and as he's approaching one of the cases, he gets all all weak in the uh, knees. Oh yeah, all wobbly need as they as they say back in the day. Yeah, as someone said <laughs> back in the day somewhere, as that one person said once. <laughs> those wobbly knees. <laughs> it's. Uh, he collapses to villains. I, I liked that the, one of the villains is like, should we should we help him? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what, do we, what do we do? It's, yeah. It's I, obviously, we it shows that they're like very novice villains. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't do this very often. Uh, even Lex says that later. Yeah. But I loved that kind of comparison. Like if Batman fell, 
the villains would just kind of kick him They'd and shoot leave. Him. Yeah. yeah. But that's because everyone loves Superman. Yeah. I feel like even the bad guys kind of like him anyways. Yeah. You know, how could you not? Um, so but, they, they escape yeah, as, they, as Lex opens the door. Superman kind of stumbles out mm-hmm. all out of breath and weak. Yeah. And so what I thought was interesting about this take on Krypton, I don't know if it's just because it's like his first ex- like exposure to it, but it kind of has a lasting effect. In most franchises, it's kind of just when he's near it, it hurts yeah. him. And once he's out of the the radius, he's fine. To be fair, I think that might just be an oversight in the writing. Because later on in the episode, as soon as he's out of contact That's with it, true. he's, he's yeah. fine. So I think, I think here they're just kind of making a big deal out of it. I think they wrote it to make it a big deal because it was the first time we were introduced Yeah, it's also it, the but... first time he's had that feeling. So he yeah. doesn't know what it is. We see that in... Uh, dare I say, Batman vs Superman? Yeah, it's you like, have wait, the what? same kind of story point of like, why is this hurting me? Why am I not yeah, wait, feeling what? good? What, what is this? Am I feeling better now? I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, but so Lex is revisiting like the security tapes, and yeah, he recognizes the two villains, and he sends mercy. They have to go take care of them, which is great. But then he's like, oh wait, what? That's interesting. Like that rock seems to be messing with him. So Clark goes back the next day to check it out, and he learns that what was there has been taken away, mm-hmm. and it's down in Lex's lab. And there's a, a professor, I forget the professor's name, who's, like, analyzing it. And uh, Peterson. Peterson, yeah. Because he's like, oh, this, you know, we, you can't just use this as a weapon. Like, this could be valuable to mankind. My thought was, how? How the hell is that going to be valuable to mankind? The only thing they know about is that it hurts Superman. I mean, it's, it's new elements. Yeah, It's kind guess. of their thing. Like, you can always use new elements. I guess. <laughs> there's sometimes, I mean, they're, they're very kind of chemistry themed people because they even when when they're at star labs later they're like oh yes kryptonite has kind of this weird radiation the only thing that affects it is like le39 is it 80 i don't i don't remember the chemical oh. number of lead uh but 89 or 82 yeah but he, he says it's it's it it's kind of number on the periodic table and i'm just like that's lead right and then Superman's like, oh, yeah, lead. And I'm like, shut up, smart boy. 82. Hey, they confirmed it in the pilot that he's like a genius. They did. And I <laughs> I wrote it down later that when he's fighting the I'll, – I'll save it. I'll save it for later. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so Lex has kind of a, a fight with – or not a fight. He yells at his, his scientists, like, do what I say. I pay you to do what I think. Yeah. Um. So then he, he goes to recruit a villain to uh, like set up a scheme to get Superman. Did you happen to catch yeah. who the voice of the villain is? No, I missed it. It's good old Thomas F. Wilson. Mm. Biff Tannen. Oh, yay, Biff. I'm sorry. I just watched the thing with Paul F. Tompkins. That's the only thing I can think of. Oh, Paul F. Tompkins. I love Paul. Yeah. Nothing to do with this. I know, I know. So, if it's a name, letter, name, yeah. I'm but, first going to think of Paul F. Tompkins. But it's great because, I mean... Thomas F. Wilson is always so good at playing those like kind of smarmy guys, right? Because he was the voice of um, Tony Zuko, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here again, he plays this kind of like arrogant, really full of himself, like big bodybuilding, like criminal guy, and yeah, he's trying to flirt with Mercy, and Lex like, no, she's uninterested. Like, oh really? And she just like does like a roundhouse kick and knocks off um, like his the punching bag. bag. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. Uh, and oh, I also you- I also love that you actually hear about Superman doing good for the city. Mm-hmm. where the villain was like, oh, or the, this guy was like, oh, 
yeah, I don't hit up Metropolis anymore now that the blue guy's here. Yeah. Of like, you actually see, like, oh, shit, he's actually stopping villains. Yeah, why Why would you ever try to rob that place? No one would. Yeah, he, and like, he can be everywhere all the time. Yeah, and I think that's, I mean, I'm going to do a lot of comparisons to this in B-Tass. Mm-hmm. I'm going I'm to fit it in until Wait, thought, it sounds... Aren't you B-Tass? Okay. I'm B-Tass, you're B-Tass. I thought I was... I don't know. Fuck it. Someone go back and tell us. <laughs> um... This is Ross Rachel all over again. It's <laughs> I think we switched by the end too. I, know, I think we did. Um Well like we never we never got that side of the villain culture in Batman of like No. Yeah, there's a crazy guy that dresses like an animal. I'm not gonna try and do anything anymore. Yeah. Uh but with Superman, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna get caught and Lex is like, Oh, I plan on it. I have a plan. Yeah. Because um, it's it's a great heist because they they basically they he goes up to the rooftop where some um, like mint plates is are being is it the best place to do an exchange probably, of like national security not. things? I mean, I guess in most cities we find, but not in the cities where you got like villains with retro futuristic jetpacks, yes, and flamethrowers are up on your roof. Um, but yeah, so they uh, like they. Attack! They steal the plates. I love this because they like they blow up the helicopter, which falls off the building, and Superman has to go and save it. Which probably is an homage to the Donner film because that's how we first meet Superman. Okay, yeah. he just kind of chucks it in the in the river. Yeah, he doesn't do that in the movie. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of water in Metropolis. There is. Oh, I'll yeah. a lot of this episode. Note about that later. Okay. Um, <clears throat> this is a cool chase scene. It is a it good was, chase uh, scene. It was a scene through the sky where there's three guys on jetpacks. Mm-hmm. And Superman is kind of just taking him out one by one. Yeah, and they all have different weapons. Like one guy's got a flamethrower, one guy's got like um like a bola launcher mm-hmm. sort of thing. And the last guy uh, like doesn't guy. shoot. I think he also has a flamethrower, but he okay because he, he just stops because the last guy is Biff Tannen. Yeah, and he just kind of gives up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he stops. His weapon the, is his fist. That's exactly it. He stops in the middle of construction site, and Superman comes in, and then the kryptonite is suspended from the roof, and almost like a, a disco ball. I know it's got a little. It's got a kryptonite party going yeah. on. <clears throat> um, yes. So, oh, are you oh. going to make a joke? No, I I'll gonna, wait for your joke. Chris. No, I was not going to make, make a joke. Make a joke, Chris. <laughs> I don't. I don't have any jokes to make. <laughs> um, so he kind of comes in. Superman yeah. is like, "Oh, good, a villain just giving up. This is going to be easy." Walks over, feels the kryptonite's effect. The villain goes, starts punching him, gets a little too into it, too excited, mm-hmm. uh, pushes Superman out of the radius of the radiation, um, and Superman just kind of pulls him off the ledge. Yep. And you think, oh, he's going to, like, fly. Right. He's away from the kryptonite. No, they just land to a, in a river, because, like Gotham City, there's some very convenient place rivers around. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, and so I forget how does Superman know it's Lex. I guess he just assumes it's Lex because he shows up at Lex Corp. Well, because it's it's Lex's museum exhibit. Oh, yeah, I guess that's that. Well, oh, right. Mm-hmm. That thing. Uh, so Mercy comes, grabs the kryptonite, walks off. Uh, Superman comes to Lex's window again. But, like, there's got to be a I better... <laughs> I know. Every time this happens, you're just going to get so mad. The window opens fully now. Like I know. The first time it was just it's, the it's top like an, half. It's like an eight-foot window that just opens on the side of a, a massive skyscraper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd, be, it'd be 10 feet because floors are generally 10 oh, that's feet, right, that's 10 right. feet yeah. tall. And this is the top of a motherfucking skyscraper. And Superman <laughs> just kind of lands in. I want there to be like the like 
a real life version of this where he opens it up and there's the big wind that comes in. Yeah. It and just Superman just starts, the window. No, not even just that. Superman just starts talking and Lex like can't hear a what? word that he's saying. What? Like, can you step in so I can, can close? Come, come inside. Come in. Shut the fucking. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave an elevator for you. I'm yeah. gonna open the room next to me. You just walk through there. Yeah. I won't set any traps. Just like we'll have a civilized conversation. Yeah. Where I don't have to open my window for you. Just an open balcony and a security door. Like, what would Superman? What would Superman do if like Lex never installed that? Just like stay out. Like maybe use his heat vision very lightly and etch it in the glass. Just like, like just, we need to talk. It's like an yeah, arrow, I know. An arrow pointing down. Yeah, like, I, I'm the construction people are like they're coming up. Or we're yeah. getting this done. Just, yeah, so, so then Lex goes to the elevator. Superman flies down. He's like, the bomb. I'm like, what's taking so damn long? He goes back up and like, Lex, like, come on, we're downstairs. Go. I forgot my phone. I need yeah, to get I, my yeah. Need a notepad. Yeah, I, I don't know your demands. I don't have my computer. Oh, missed opportunities. So many missed opportunities. But this could have easily been a two-part episode. <laughs> but be, because he can't open the window, he offers him a deal, basically. Like, mm-hmm. hey, do what I say, and I won't try and kill you. And Superman's like, nah, brah. Yeah. He's like, I'm, I'm never going to be in your pocket. No. Um, so then, uh, meanwhile, the professor has like snuck off a chunk of the kryptonite and given it to Lois, who then is taking it to Star Labs. Mm-hmm. And Superman shows up there. It's like, what's the deal with this? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is a, a rock. This is a small piece of Krypton, one might call Kryptonite. Kryptonite. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. And, yeah, we learned that the only thing that can block this radiation is lead. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Professor calls Lois, being like, oh, hey, I have something else, some other info. Oh, they're going to make synthetic versions of it. Yeah. So meet me um, at the at museum. At the museum in this one-minute window. Yeah, I'll like, leave the door open for one minute, and, of course, it's all a, a ruse, and mm-hmm. Mercy's there basically throttling the the professor and like, Oh now Superman will be there too. And the trap is set. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and we learned that we, we met a, a, a very kind T-Rex at the beginning of this, at the beginning of this episode. Okay. How do you feel about like Superman having to fight a robotic T-Rex in this scene? Love it. It's love it. Stupid. I'm kind of on board for it though. Love it so much. I it's only so wanted, ridiculous. I only like, wanted why? Batman to write it. <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. Isn't that a comic cover? Um, or was it Superman riding the T-Rex? No, I think, was that part of the... Um, or was it Spider-Man riding the T-Rex? Wasn't that part of the like the return of Bruce Wayne when he's like going through all the different time periods? Um, I don't oh, I think, there's, think no, there's, so. Isn't there a That's meme? another series. Isn't there a meme of like Batman riding a T-Rex yeah. with like a lightsaber? I think so. We'll, we'll both look it up so we can have dead air. I know. Uh, um, you can look it up. Uh, so he locks him in. Uh, this. Uh, they set off the alarm. Lois and Superman are locked in the room with the mechanical T-Rex being operated by um, Lex from afar. He drops a piece of kryptonite oh, in the middle of his mouth. Hang on real quick. Oh. There's a toy from like the, as like the Batman Unleashed or whatever. That's so amazing. There's a toy of Batman riding a giant robotic T-Rex. That's so amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Batman Unlimited, Animal Instincts. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's all these other just general images of Batman riding a T-Rex all over the internet. Um, I'm not sure why, other than, well, I guess, why wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like when the, uh, the photo of Roosevelt came out of him riding the, the moose through the river. Oh, man, yes. It's got to Photoshop the shit out of that. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about my, uh, my idea for the greatest video game of all time? No. It's uh, zombie Nazis riding dinosaurs. So okay. it's like a little bit of Turok, a little bit of a Call of Duty, like zombie Nazis. 
and you have like you go to an an island like the island from the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. You just like take that general concept and move into the future. And, like oh yeah, like so they did like all these experiments and it was abandoned. So that's why there are dinosaurs and then also like they had a zombie virus. And there was an outbreak. So you go there and they were both like like raptors and like zombie Nazis going on at the same time. Greatest idea for a video game ever. Greatest. Greatest. And now someone out there, one we'll of, our, on one of our, immediately. One of our 40 listeners is going to steal it. Just give me credit guys. And maybe send me a check. Um, what's happening in the episode? <laughs> um, they drop the kryptonite in the middle of the room. Superman is weak. Uh, Lois does her best to be a WNBA player. Okay. So I love this. Um, cause this Do is, you? <laughs> I, well, I, don't. I love it ironically because <laughs> that was like a thing. Remember like from like the, like the eighties and nineties, I was like, Oh, but the characters got like one, like really oh, specific skill oh, set that in the last minute is going to like become useful. I'm trying to think of a, an actual example of that off the top of my head and I, I can't, but this is an example here where like she starts at the episode, like shooting like paper balls into a hoop. And at mm-hmm. the end of it, she like, Oh, I got this now. And she, yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty fantastic. It's, it's so, I, I can't be on board with the T Rex and not be on board with this. Scene. I guess that's that's true. Um, yeah. Uh, well, well, so the the moment I was going to talk about earlier, which which I love, is Superman is like almost out for the count. He's very weak, and he remembers one of the tour guides when he was there earlier, being oh, like, yeah. "Oh yes, in this civilization, everyone died of lead poisoning because the cups were made of lead." And I just wrote, science saves the day. Science saves the day. <gasps> okay, I did a quick search. I haven't found a specific example, but... Is there you, a name for this trope? It's the greatest name ever. Oh, what is it? Chekhov's skill. Oh, that's amazing. That's so that's genius. so good. Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm, I'm lost for the rest of the episode. That's I'm amazing. Just, I'm so obsessed with this now. Go on. Um, so, yeah, Lois uses her WNBA skills, takes the wad of kryptonite, shoots it in... The lead cup, Superman feels great, blows up the T-Rex, kind of seals off the lead cup and throws it into space, Yep, which I love. Um, and then that's the end of the episode, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'm still... Oh, uh, the end is uh, another cliffhanger ending where they're going out to kind of the middle of nowhere and we see LexCorp mining for more kryptonite. Oh, that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking through the list of like examples now there's a whole bunch of them um like in aliens when rep is like oh i can use like the the lift loader and then she comes back later and can use in the end marty mcfly riding a skateboard Mm -hmm. um oh my god there's so oh so many okay side episode i gotta gotta, bonus episode i gotta steer away from from this it's so fantastic um so we i remember from smallville there being multiple types of kryptonite there there are multiple types of kryptonite, Cameron. <laughs> this is in station hall. <laughs> no. Um, so, yeah, the, the most common one that everyone knows is obviously green kryptonite, which mm-hmm. makes him weak. Yes. Um, and it's had, like, in long-term exposure will we'll kill him. It's had, um, over the years, different effects on human characters. So obviously, in Smallville, it gave them all, like, weird mutant powers. Um, mm-hmm. In the comics, it gave Lex Luthor Except, cancer. Except uh, Lana. Who I now remember she wore, wore a necklace kryptonite necklace for ten plus years. Yeah. Sen- since it landed and killed her parents, I think it had to be like kryptonite plus science. Yeah, so it was yeah. like like kryptonite and bees. You could control <laughs> bees. And like, kryptonite. Oh, remember one of my favorites was it was kryptonite laced gum turned Pete Ross into like Stretch Armstrong. 
Oh, that's amazing. That was, the, that was a later episode. episode. Okay, like, he came yeah. back after he had uh, was no longer oh, part of the right, show. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, um, which is pretty ridiculous. And I think okay, so in in the comics, he, Lex gets cancer from Kryptonite. Was that? I feel like that was part of a plot line of Justice League Unlimited uh, too. All Star Superman. That was the story. Okay, that's right. Uh, because Superman is also dying, but it, it, from you, being having too much sun radiation. Yeah, exactly. Like Luther, like tricks him into going into the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lex is also dying. So kind of as his last wish, uh, he gets Superman's powers for the day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've only, I've read that and I've seen it once. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. Grant Morrison, weird, weird stuff, but he's done, it's generally yeah. good stuff. I think of the Superman specific movies, animated movies, um, that one's pretty high up on my list. Okay. I, I, I think it's just between that and, um, Doomsday? No, oh, I forgot what I'm saying. Uh, the yeah. Elite. Okay, I, I couldn't of. get in the elite. I liked it. I, I maybe they give that one another shot. Um, I I really liked Superman Doomsday. Yeah, me too. Yeah, all the solo Superman animated films have been pretty it's, good. It's pretty, it's pretty solid. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, and then there was the one of him and Shazam, which was okay. Oh, that's like a short, was, right? Yeah, because that's half of Public Enemies. Oh yeah, it's like oh yeah, it's a little bonus mm-hmm. thing. Um, but what other types of kryptonite are there? Because I remember there's red, red which makes him it, basically it, it, like, it mean makes him mean. It takes away his uh, inhibitions. Right, right, right. right. A, yeah, but it basically just makes him Dick. Mm-hmm. Dick. It makes him Dick Clark. Yeah, there you go. Hey. Uh, th- th- it, it forces him to do the ball drop every year. Exactly. <laughs> th- throw some more colors at me, Cameron. I'll tell you if it's a uh, from kryptonite. Well, I'm trying to remember because when a human wears it, that also wears red. That also takes away their inhibitions. Because I feel like I remember um, does it? that being like the steamy, quote-unquote, steamy episode of Smallville. Oh, I thought is there Lana was... is wearing the ring. Uh, I thought there was something else that happened to her. I feel like she's wearing kryptonite. Mm, I don't remember. It's been a long time. I remember there was one episode where like, he wears the ring and he meets like that girl who can teleport. And she's kind of like a little... Not evil, but she's like you know, kind of like a darker edge to her. And then they go yeah. off and like elope in Vegas or some shit like that. Mm. Man, trying to remember all this Marvel stuff. It's... I know. And you're like, <laughs> okay, so uh, we, we, got, we got green, red. Uh, this is just in Smallville alone. Uh, there's also silver. Is that the one that there's blue? Gives, uh, is blue the one that gives other people his powers? Okay. Uh, um. Oh no. Okay. So in the comics. Blue affects Bizarro in the same way. Oh, that green yeah. affects him. But I think yeah. in Smallville it had some other effect. It's there's not a quick way for me to look that up. Um, oh, there's black and mm-hmm. there's silver. What does silver do? Um, this is super fascinating for people. One gives him like more strength. It like holds a like almost a <laughs> tiny piece of the sun, if I remember. <laughs> Okay, at least in the comics, uh, Silver causes him to suffer from altered perceptions, loss of inhibition, and extreme hunger cravings. Uh, <laughs> That's just his form of marijuana. <laughs> yeah, or uh, makes you also hallucinate your greatest fear. That was in um, the Supergirl TV show. Okay. There's gold, which oh, permanently removes your ability. Hmm. Or, but I guess post-crisis is like temporary. Okay. But yeah, there's there's blue, there's white, there's red green, there's gold, there's silver, jewel. It's like has like a psychic thing with the fucking phantom zone. Um, what's the hell, slow kryptonite? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I don't. I don't. Pink kryptonite. There's there's all of them. 
but we only deal with green in this show, right? In this universe, I don't think we have any other colors. I don't think we ever even get red. I don't think so either. Uh, oh, we have periwinkle kryptonite, which uh, a non-canon <laughs> story causes kryptonians to lose all inhibitions. So a lot of it is just like, I don't feel like doing it. That's like uh, Orange kryptonite from Crypt of the Superdog will give another animal, specifically an animal, super abilities for 24 hours. All right. I'm down for that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, my dog that can fly. Black kryptonite can split a person into two entities, one good and one evil. Okay. That yeah. was kind of cool. Yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of oh. super stories that do that. Oh, Jesus. Hmm. Uh, what do you, rainbow. No. What do you think pink kryptonite does? Uh, does it change genders? No. Oh. It apparently, it seemingly turns Kryptonians gay. That's amazing. Oh, man. <laughs> also, that was from 2003. So that's really... <laughs> I was ready to hear like 1958. That's really, that's really bizarre. All right. Well, that'll be on our reading list for the week. Yeah. Wait, actually, sorry. That's, that's wrong. It doesn't turn. It doesn't turn them gay. It gives them the choice to be gay. There you go. There we go. Now it all works. Way to be politically correct, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> Try to be as authentic as possible on this podcast. Do you think it turns gay Kryptonian straight? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Any more things you want to talk about about Kryptonite? Not really. I've learned so much already. So much. Oh, oh I, I did learn this. Apparently, um, first introduced on one of the Superman radio broadcasts, and then in the comics. The the idea of Kryptonite or the colors? Uh, just, I mean, just Kryptonite had okay. its first premiere in uh, an Adventure Superman radio program in June of 1943. That's awesome. In the comics, not until 1949, which is kind of cool. Oh, wow. Wow, so. that's a long time to wait. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's so much to talk about with Kryptonite. Mm-hmm. We're not even but we have with other it. episodes to talk about that for. We do. We absolutely do. Um, so, instead, any, any plugs? Any plugs, Cameron? I've only been hey. watching Garbage for the past two weeks. Um, I guess... Uh, uh, I guess I'll, I'll pull because it's easier for you. I'll I'll plug Dark Tower. Okay, because it was. Uh, I do appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> I have to like scramble to get through this. Um, I I don't recommend it for anyone because I get it's I, <laughs> I never read the book. Okay, but I see from the world building, I see why they made it a movie. Okay. Uh, someone on Facebook said it was, <clears throat> it was this generation's uh, or this decade's golden compass. Which I okay I okay like great source material just a, a not effective from memory I enjoyed the Golden Compass movie okay um you, I I've, you I've been meaning to rewatch it yeah yeah uh, but regardless of how garbage it is exactly yeah but this one like they had two great characters like uh, Elba and McConaughey were amazing in mm-hmm. it but they had no script to really work with Elba is just kind of the brooding. Uh, Lone Ranger type, mm-hmm. um, and McConaughey is just the one like the evil one-liners. Okay, that's so too it, bad. It, it relies relies a lot on the kid, who's not great. Like, oh. there's a scene where he's supposed to be super emotional, mm-hmm. and all I could think of is like, oh, that kid from Thirteen Reasons Why would have been so much better at this. Oh, Dylan Minnette. Yeah, yeah, he's great though. Yeah, this kid is not. No. What's even worse is this is my last little note about, about this movie. Um. He has a like a friend. I don't want to call him a friend because he's like very mean to him through the whole movie. Okay, but the friend is like maybe one of the worst actors I've ever seen. Really? Yeah, oh, no. and it's like 
funny how bad of an actor he is because he's like super flat with all of his lines. He's just like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Why are you doing that? What do you do? You want to hang out? What do you stop drawing?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna leave the theater because I like I'm glad that you don't see him in the second half of the movie because it's it's like infuriatingly bad." Oh, that is disappointing because I've I've heard that is a great universe and that the books and the comics are really good and I guess mm-hmm. they're still working on a TV show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it'll have anything to do with the movie. Probably not. Probably maybe, not. Maybe after this, it's so bad. But no, it's too bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, that's that's part of the garbage that I've been watching this week. Okay. What, what have you? Have you been watching anything good? I, I I no, I've been way behind on watching anything. Uh, Reading, listening. I have been listening. Huh. To the new episodes of James Bonding. <gasps> oh, that's right. I remember you were really excited about yes, that. Yes, which is uh, maybe my favorite podcast. Actually, it definitely is your favorite podcast. It's my, it's my favorite podcast. I love it. You, I love you don't it. need to be I, coy about that. I, I was traveling this weekend, so I had to get on a plane. And at any point where I started to get like, just frustrated by the overall experience of having to fly, uh, I just listened to the podcast and I just started laughing to myself. And I was so, so happy. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, because they, they did their first run on Nerdist and then they stopped a little while ago. And now they're on Earwolf and they're doing uh, one every week. And so That's awesome. uh, this was. Um, is it still Matt and Matt? It's still Matt and Matt, yes. Messieurs Matt Gorley and Matt Myra. Yes. Uh, and this week's episode that I listened to was a, a tribute to Roger Moore entitled Nobody Does It Better. You don't know why it's called that, do you? Doesn't matter. Uh, nope. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, For any of the people who do know, you'll understand why it's so great. Yeah. Got nothing not But no, it, it, is, it is so... Those guys are so goddamn funny. I listened to one episode. Okay. I listened to... Casino. Casino Royale. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not the best episode to listen to because they're they're they have two guests on there who came on to do Goldfinger and just ripped Goldfinger apart for its admittedly horrible treatment of women. Mm-hmm. Um and then they're like, okay, well then come on and do Casino Royale because it's much more evolved. And it was just kind of like I agree with everything they had to say about Goldfinger, but then they were like, oh, we didn't even finish watching Casino Royale. I'm like, well, Oh, that's right. I remember and I was, saying like, that. I'm like, how yeah. dare you still like, they, come on to the podcast they, then? They got like, a lot of like overly vicious backlash on it. Like, and it was really, really terrible for the Goldfinger thing, which is totally unwarranted. And, and then I was like, okay, you have really valid opinions, but at least finish the damn movie when it comes to Casino Royale because it's also amazing. Yeah. But at the same time, too, like, if you watch <clears throat> Goldfinger, and that's your first director, James Bond, you're like, oh... These are absolutely horrible to women, and they absolutely were back in the day. And it does get better with Casino Royale, but it's still not necessarily the best. Mm-hmm. So you're going to come in with a certain perspective, and I get where they're coming from. Yeah. But there are better episodes to listen to. And actually, the thing you should really listen to is uh, Paul F. Tompkins' podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, um, the Dead Authors podcast. Okay. And so in it, he has a whole episode where Matt Gorley comes on, and it does an Ian Fleming impression because the oh the premise you you and yeah you and, and, one of and our Shane other friends we talked about yeah, the premise of the Dead show. Authors podcast is that comedians come on and, and pretend to be a dead author and they have a conversation. So like Mark Evan Jackson did Gore Vidal once, which was really great. Um, but yeah, that is probably the funniest half hour of podcast I've ever heard in my entire life. I've listened to it, I don't know two or three times. Okay, I'll plug both of those. It's amazing. Uh, but yeah, those are my plugs. All right. Yay. We did it. We did. Um, next week, I don't know what it is. I had it up. I've taken it uh, down. Episode six and seven. Episode six and seven. Some more Superman villains. Uh, but if you want to reach out to us and tell us to put some more energy in these podcasts and stop recording them late at night the day before, <laughs> um, you can reach us at Tim Talk Pod on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Or if you want to write to us and tell us what's your favorite form of kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> no, what a- color kryptonite do you wish you had? <laughs> no one's going to do that. 
Cameron, can you can you do that? Can you like write to the podcast? Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Just so I'll, I see I'll make that a bunch of has done I'll it. make a, a bunch of fake accounts and just start yeah. writing to you. Please, anyone, send me something. I'm lonely. You're about to have a roommate. I know. I'm super excited. Yeah, unrelated to anyone else. This is probably the last episode we're going to record in my current apartment, <laughs> and then uh, off to new new pastures. Um, but if you want to congratulate me on my move or see photos of the process, you can find me at Lordifer on Instagram and Twitter. Oh, and you can find me, uh, if you want to see my face, you can find me at camdexter underscore adventures. If you want to see my art, you can find me at cameron.dexter. Yay. Yeah. And that's it. We're done. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.